welcome to the Hot Copy Podcast, a podcast for copywriters all about copywriting. My name is Belinda Weaver. I'm the founder of Copyright Matters and the Copywriting Masterclass. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Kate Toon. Hello, my name is Kate Toon. I'm also a copywriter. I'm the founder of the Clever Copywriting School and the recipe for SEO success. E-course. Today, we're taking a walk down memory lane back to episode 28, A New Copywriter's Guide to Blogging. It was one of our most popular episodes and we thought it deserved another spin around the dance floor. So blogging is one of the most asked about topics in both our communities as it's a huge source of anxiety to new copywriters. If you've been thinking about starting a blog, but you're holding back, this episode is for you. All right, to start the show, Kate, I've got a question for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, so my question is, have you learned a copywriting tip this week? Um, It's maybe not a tip that I've learned, but a tip that I've kind of started using uh, a bit more. So I've been using the text-to-speech function on my Mac to read my copy back to me before I send it off to clients. So I've, I've made a little video. This is up on YouTube if you want to have a look for it at Kate Toon. But yeah, it's a little function on Macs and PC where you can set up a short code and it will read back your copy. Um, I find that so useful because um, I do use prefers, but I can't use them all the time. And what it does is it helps me notice when I've missed out words or I've repeated words or my punctuation is off. And I, what I do is quite sneaky is I, I put it at slightly faster than normal human and speak so I can hear my copy quite quickly and then it's just an extra check before I send it out and and gosh it's helped me discover so many mistakes so that's my tip text-to-speech on your Mac or PC. Genius I love that I'm totally stealing that like many of the tips that you share. (laughs) So I'm going to start off with a question that I got recently do I actually need to blog Anyway, um, so this came up in a coaching call for my copywriting masterclass and like many new copywriters, there's lots of things to do. You've got to write your web copy. You've got to get clients. You've got to get your social media going. And the question was, do I really have to blog because there's so many other things that I would that seem a more valuable use of my time? And my short and very quick answer was yes, 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 because if you want to build a list, which everyone says, build the list. Um, then you've got to have some content to give to people so that they subscribe and they stay subscribed. And I think the easiest way to do that is write a blog on your website. What do you think, Kate? Yeah, I mean, I I think, you know, obviously when you set up, you set your website up and you have your standard pages that every copywriter has or every business has, and then really you're done. You know, you don't often add more and more pages unless you create new services and and products. So the blog is a way to add fresh content, um, and we all know that we have to feed the Google beast. So from an SEO point of view, every piece of content you produce is another ticket in the SEO lottery, another thing that can get ranked another page that can appear in the index so that that's one reason but I think another reason is it really helps you build authority um, and, and that's the next question really <laughs> yeah. how do I write with authority how do you write blog posts that you know 
drive home and, and have impact. Um, so, you know, my, my thoughts are on that, that you, when you want to write with authority, you have to feel confident about your, what you're writing about. So the best place to start, and, and if you've ever done a fiction writing course, they say the same thing, is to write what you know. You know, write what, what is really in your comfort zone um, and you write things that you feel confident talking about. Um, and obviously do your research, you know, go out there and read as many other blogs on the subject, uh, in, in digest those, and then kind of regurgitate them in your own voice. That's not necessarily meaning that you copy the ideas, but obviously we all read lots of things to be inspired and there's absolutely nothing nothing wrong with that. And you can also, you know, show your authority by backing out with statistics and facts and links to other articles. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, think about who's going to be reading it. Your potential clients, if you're a copywriter, are small business people and they undoubtedly know less about copywriting than you do. So that already gives you a little bit of an edge sometimes if it's your peers reading it well then mm, bit bit trickier i always find don't you think belinda yeah but i absolutely agree but i think most most copywriters when they're starting out they're, they're talking to small business medium business whoever they're talking to business owners who they want as clients so um it's i think it's much easier to write with that audience in mind a bit less intimidating and i think part of the authority is finding your own tone of voice which is just about uh not writing in a style that's natural to you and practicing something we mentioned in our last podcast was practicing writing in order to get better at writing and um you know when you start you're blogging you're, you're blogging out no one's reading it because no one knows who you are so this is this great way to practice lots of writing to build your own tone of voice and build that authority in Exactly. And I mean, it, it's intimidating. I know as a, as a new copywriter, you know, you're thinking, I'm going to write an article about headlines. Um, and then you look on there and, and everyone else in the world has written an article about headlines and big names, you know, uh, the guys at Copyblogger and, and, and various places. You're like, really, do I have anything I can contribute to this to this subject matter? Well, you know, there is some degree of uh, your audience may never have read those other posts. So, you know, your little audience that you're building up doesn't nece hasn't necessarily read all the blog posts you've read. But as Belinda just said, if you have a clear tone of voice and, and something to say, and maybe an amusing way of saying it or an interesting way of saying it, yes, th it does warrant being written about again. But I guess that leads to the next question, which I get asked a lot, Belinda. Um, what should I write about? How would you answer that one? Well, I... You know, your point, stick with what you know, at least initially. I write about copywriting. It might seem a bit of a shock to all the listeners, but what I wanted to do very early on is find out all the topics that were connected with copywriting. And what I'm doing right now is drawing big air circles. <laughs> so what I did is I drew a big circle on a page with copywriting and then I thought of all the topics that are related. So I talk about content marketing, SEO, social media, running a business. And I think that's a really important thing because you can very quickly run out of path if you're only talking about copywriting. Yeah, and I think also it can be it can be quite dry for your readers because while your readers are, are sort of interested in in the in the copywriting, unless your readers are other copywriters, if you get too deep into the mechanics of it, um, then it can be you know people can quickly lose interest. And you have to think why people are reading your blog. Generally, you know they're looking for fairly quick 
quick wins. You know, if, if, if they really wanted to know about a particular subject, they'd probably read a, a book or, or do a course. So reading a blog is a very quick, easy way of getting a, a small lump of information downloaded into your brain. So you do have to keep it entertaining. Um, I like I, like Belinda, when I, when I started out, especially on my Kate Toon copywriter website, I wrote a lot of blogs about copywriting. Um, now I, I, I don't really write about writing much at all <laughs> to be honest I write about lots of random stuff I've, I've written about vaginas yeah guinea pigs and and all all different manners of things more more sort of opinion pieces and, and how-to guides than than specifically about copywriting but as Belinda said and I, I'm doing circles in the air too now um it's all related it, it's all you know the articles even if they are about vaginas I just wanted to say that again on the podcast to upset a few of our listeners um you know, it's related. The reason I was talking about that was because I was talking about how people name their businesses in a certain way and people refer to themselves and, you know, it's related. Um, but I think it's, it, it's about taking a subject and trying to find a new angle if you can, which can be tricky. Um, don't you agree? I think, you know, sometimes yeah. it's like, this has been done to death. And if you really feel that, then maybe don't blog about it. And even, you know, like Belinda and I obviously occasionally read each other's posts and we, we read other copywriters' posts. And, you know, say Belinda has written an article about call to action. Does that mean that I can never write an article about that? Of course it doesn't. You know, I've written one about copy decks. Does that mean that Belinda can't? Of course it doesn't, because her approach is going to be slightly different. Her voice is slightly different. And, you know, her readers aren't necessarily all my readers. Or they are, and they enjoy reading two posts, because then they really feel like they've got it, you know? So I think that's important to mention as well. Um, and that leads on to the next question which we get asked a lot, which is how often should I blog? Um, and I'm, I'm going to take this one, Belinda, if that's okay. Oh yeah, go for it. Yeah, so I'm going to answer it in, in, in two different ways. So I'm going to answer it from a human perspective first. So when you are considering how often you, can, you want to blog, you have to think about a few things. One, how much time do you have to write a really good, well-written, considered, helpful, thoughtful, useful blog can take for me at least, a whole day uh, to write, especially if I, you know, I'm backing it up and I've done my research and I'm trying to embed things and, and really make it really awesome. And then I've got to write it, I've got to get it edited, proofread, I've got to code it, create images. It's an investment, it's a big investment. Now I simply could not do that every week. I just I just don't have the time. I'm, I'm working on client work and, and other things. So the first consideration is how much time do you have and what's realistic? I also think you need to think about your audience and, and what are they expecting from you. You know, there kind of be this compulsion that you have to publish a blog post every week. Well, I, I will be honest and say there's very few blog posts that I manage to get to read every week. In fact, sometimes one of my favorite people to read is Neil Patel, and I make a little folder full of his blogs that I've yet to read, and every couple of months I delete it because I still haven't had time to read them. So, you know, don't put too much pressure on yourself and think that everyone is out there desperately champing at the bit to read your blog post. You know, they're not. They're busy with lots of other things. So I think it's, it's it, while it's good to consider your audience and be try and be consistent um, and try and do it regularly so that you build up some kind of following and some kind of, oh, great, uh, new blog's up on Belinda's site. I can't wait to read it. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. We were talking last week about trying to do everything. And it is hard to do everything. So I think that's important. And then the other side of it, so that's humans. 
I want to talk about Google. Now we are going to do a whole episode on SEO copywriting, so we will come back to this. But there's a sort of myth going around that Google likes regular content, um, and that it, you know if you don't publish on your blog every week, Google's going to go, "This site is rubbish," and it's going to push you down the index. Well, you know, I just don't believe that, that that's true. I think in the initial stages of your site, the more frequent Frequently you blog, the more frequently you add new content, that's great. That's more for Google to look at. It's more tickets in the lottery. Um, But as time goes on, I don't think you need to do it so often. Google doesn't reward the newest content or the most regular content or the most consistent content. It rewards the best content. So I would rather that people went out and they wrote killer 1,000 word, really great blog posts than three short 300 word posts just because they feel they ought to. Now, if obviously, if you can write like Neil Patel and his team of minions, a 2,000 word blog post that's so amazing every Every week. Awesome. Go for it. Do it. But many few, very few of us can do that. What do you think on the frequency thing, Belinda? Well, I used to blog every week. I've recently come back and cut back to every fortnight. Now, that's maybe five or six years of maybe even more of weekly blogging. Um, So I agree with your point about not putting too much pressure on yourself and not just writing a post and make it, writing a crappy post just because you think you need to publish something. Um, but at the same time, I think when you're starting out, it's really good to create a habit of writing. So for me, I found it really useful to have this mental obligation that I had to have a blog post ready to go out every Wednesday morning, and I still have that same calendar thing. I rarely miss a blogging appointment, even though I blog fortnightly now. And that's because that's just what works for me. And I would rarely leave it to the last minute. Who am I kidding? I always leave it to the last minute. Um, But I think when you're starting out, it can be helpful to have a date with your blog that you don't miss. Yeah, interesting. I mean, I've, I've, I would love to be that organised. I would love to have a date in my calendar and and stick to it. Believe me, I've tried. I have dates. Oh, you're going to do an email on this day, and I never hit them. And and also because because my blog posts do take such a big lot of effort, I really have to be inspired to write them. I just cannot churn. I can churn copy out for clients when I need to, I can force myself to write copy and it can be pretty good. But when it comes to writing blog posts, my own site, especially because I have a particular voice that I like to write in, I have to be in good form. I have to be inspired. I have to be giggling as I'm writing or enjoying it. Otherwise, what's the point, man? You know, <laughs> this is my blog. I don't want to write it if I'm not inspired. So I, I, I just can't stick to a schedule. But that's not to say that you shouldn't, um, because I think Belinda's probably very much right there. <laughs> well, I guess you've got to come up with something that works for you, but you've got to be disciplined enough to do it. Otherwise, it's kind of pointless. Yeah, I don't have any discipline. So I'll just get that. <laughs> but it, it goes on quite um, quite swiftly here to the question of how long the blogs could be because you just mentioned, you know, don't write a, a short crappy one, um, but your blogs now are a 1,000 words plus and I'm the same. Like my started out quite short because I was just really timidly blogging. Um, I was just writing about copywriting and they were maybe three or 400 words. But now 
I'm banging out 1,500-word posts because I can't shut up about stuff. Um, but it doesn't mean you have to write really long posts all the time. I have a quote that I always say about this, which because people ask me this question. I literally got asked this today in my I Love SEO group on Facebook. How long should a blog post be? I literally got asked that. I am not using literally in a figurative sense. Um, so I, my answer was, you know, it needs to be as long as it needs to be. Seth Godin can get away with writing a post that's 100 words long, but unfortunately, we're not all Seth Godin we're not all witty and and, and profound Um, so I always think if it feels like too little butter spread over too much bread do you like that? I love that. Then you need to stop. You know, you want that toast to be moist, not to be all dry with only little bits of butter. So, you know, have a plan, write how much you need to write. Don't worry too much about word count when you're going for it. But if you really can only find, you can only really find like 300 words to write about the subject, maybe that subject isn't strong enough for a whole blog post. And maybe what you could do is collate that idea with maybe a couple of other ideas and create like a, you know, a mix up post or like a you know a list post um so you know if you're like my number one tip for writing emails and it's only 200 words well then maybe write my not top five tips for writing emails or something like that yeah that's you know, a really good point Fine. Yeah, if it's really, and that's what I found when I did my big um, audit of all my blog posts. Some of my early ones were very short, and so the best thing to do is now to combine them into one post. So take maybe five short blog posts, turn it into one long blog post, and republish it. So that's another thing that you can do, and it will get you extra Google love as well. Um, so our next question, because we've got a little list of questions here that we get asked all the time, is uh, what if someone else has already written about it? And I think we've kind of covered that. Um, that you know, if, 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 if it's a subject that has been talked about to death, for example, I wrote, my, I think my very first post was how to use your how to use your colons or something like that see I was even trying to be I was trying to be funny even then it wasn't that funny because it's like a really dad joke but I wrote a post about colons semicolons how to use them I'll be honest I wrote that post because I wanted to have somewhere where I'd put the effort in to work out how you do use colons I'm not classically trained as a copywriter I even went to one of those hippy dippy schools where they didn't teach proper grammar in you know English so I, you know if you ask me to point out the subjective clause, I would struggle. It doesn't mean I can't write it. I'm just not good at the naming of stuff and explaining how to use it, unfortunately. Me Sorry. Too. Me too, my hands up. <laughs> so I wrote that blog post because I wanted to educate myself and um, I often referred back to it. But really, did there need to be another post in the universe about colons? Probably not. You know, there's that great site, Grammar, Grammar Girl. I don't know if you, if you follow mm-hmm. her. But she's written about all this stuff to death, really a little bit dry um but really informative and clear and she actually knows what she's talking about (laughs) she actually does rather than me who doesn't know what I'm talking about so I do think there's a point of going you know if I thought this idea and then I google it and a million people have written about it maybe that wasn't the best idea um so but as as we said at the start if you have your strong voice and you're confident about your writing I think you can take any subject matter and write about it again I don't I think I think that's fine because you've got to remember that the person reading hasn't probably read the other post anyway so yeah I think that's a really good point about um to help people not get paralyzed because everyone's written about everything at some point but you can write yeah. about it in your way and and even if they have um, and even if you're not super confident in your super authority voice, you 
can still write about it. It just goes in the blog bank and, you know, maybe it helps yeah. a couple of readers who read it who, as you said, haven't read all the three million other posts about headlines, you know. Yeah, totally. Um, I write a little bit for um, a community called Flying Solo um, and the editor on that is, is Kelly Exeter, who you, you might have heard of. Um, we've actually interviewed her on the show. And every time it comes around to my turn to write a blog post I'm like Kelly I can't think of anything to write about and I'm like can I write about this or has it already been written about and she's like yes it's already been written about but please write about it again because it doesn't matter and she literally has to say I think she must just have that piece of copy on a clipboard somewhere and she just sends it to me every month uh but because you know you're like oh you know that's been done to death but she's always like nope write it again write it your way it will be interesting don't worry and she's generally right and the next big one we get all the time, all the time. It certainly comes up whenever I run my copywriting masterclass. Um, blogging comes up in the first couple of coaching calls every time um, because it's clearly what people are, um, are most anxious about. And the question is, where do I get my ideas? And, you know, I often refer to having blogging goggles on. So, you know, we talked about writing about what you know, which is, I think is a really strong starting point. But then I think as you get more experience with your blogging, you start to look outside of that those topics so you know i i use situations in my business conversations that i i tune into on social media my life um i use those to help influence the blog topics that i come up with yeah no that's that's great i don't know where i get my ideas i think i get a lot of ideas when i'm walking my dog i don't know they just come out of the the black id the black goo at the back of my brain so i don't really know but that just proves the importance of stepping away from your desk because that's all your life just simmering away up there. It does. And I, I think like you, you know, like I had a little idea for a post this morning. Um, I've written it down somewhere. That's my problem. I write them down and then I never remember them. But again, unless I'm inspired to write that post and I want to go for it, sometimes I look back through my little file full of ideas and I go, I don't really want to write any of these today. And I just want to write about hedgehogs instead or something so yeah but I think I think using your own business uh, problems and issues I think going into forums is really useful as well I don't know if you do that but um, business groups and seeing what sort of questions people ask again and again you know that whole we've talked about this a lot but understanding your customers their concerns their worries you know then that's a really good source of, of ideas but equally a bit of a sneaky source of ideas is to use something like BuzzSumo and to tap in your competitors' uh, blog name or website and see which of their blog posts is uh, doing really, really well, and then use that to inspire you. Yes, um, absolutely. Not copy. Yeah, we're not. Don't copy. Not copying. Not copying. <laughs> and obviously one of the things you can do if you actually have no ideas and you just don't want to write is accept guest blogs um do you do you still accept guest blogs i think you did for quite a while didn't you belinda but i don't know if you do any more well i technically do but i think i scared too many people away <laughs> with your guidelines yes that's exactly right and by i generally um i still get submissions and i take the time to review them but the um comments are often so extensive that they i don't yeah. get a second submission oh you're brutal 
I am. I think there's nothing wrong with accepting guest blogs. Let's just clear that up for starters. So, um, for well, again, we'll cover this in hopefully in SEO copywriting. But you know, having someone else's blog post on your site is not a negative signal to Google. So people worry about that. They worry about duplicate content. You have to, of course, make sure that it's not duplicate content. So if you are sent a guest blog, you know, you need to put it through something like Copyscape or do something as simple as just cut and paste a paragraph into Google and, and see if it can be found elsewhere. So, you know, you need to make sure that content's not duplicate. You need to make sure it's relevant. So, you know, I get emails every day saying, can I post a blog on your site about blue widgets? Because we've got these new blue widgets. And it's like, that has nothing to do with my business. Go away. So it has to be relevant. I think it's always good if you know the person. Um, you know, I think it's good if you have very strict guidelines. Um, and, you know, what it will do clearly is that that person will then share that blog with their network. So it's a great way to get your website out to more people. Um, there's a certain tactic called ego baiting, ego blogging. So for example, um, somebody included me in a post uh, yesterday uh, with nine other SEO experts. And obviously, I'm pleased to be in the company of these other people like Larry Kim and you know quite well-known SEO experts that I shared that post. And then he gets traffic to his site, he gets my audience looking at his content. So it, it's, it's, you know, that's why guest blogging is a good idea, um, you know, getting other people's eyeballs. But um, yeah, you have to think about whether it's too many guest blogs can dilute your brand. Um, on the Clever Copywriting School, we have guest blogs because it's more of a magazine-y type site. It's not my site, you know, it's not Katoon. So we accept guest blogs from our members, um, but well, the guidelines are super strict, like Belinda's are, and you know, the content has to be pretty damn good to make it onto the site. So I think guest blogs are fine, but not too many on your own site you know you need to, it needs mm. to be 80 90 percent you and maybe 10 percent other people and because they can really take a load off the writing as well that's one i was really excited i'm like oh we don't have to write all the blogs but i had to one th one of my rules is it has to be good enough that i would be happy for people to mistake it as my post oh gosh that's really hard yeah well you know most people don't they, they it's only when they get to the bottom that they see there's a different author bio. So they're going to read the whole post thinking that it's me. Oh. Um, and what about how often do you guest post on other people's blogs? Is that, is that, is that something you do a lot? I used to do it quite a lot, um, but I just, I just don't have the time anymore. It's just one of those things that um, with my limited working time at the moment has taken a back burner. I think it's a good idea for people to do um but you know there is some general there's some general etiquette about approaching other people to be on their blog and the first thing is get to know the blog and the tone of voice they use and the topics there's nothing funnier than getting those spammy blog requests where like you said can i can i write about your blue widget or something You're like that has nothing to do with me um nothing to do with the topics they rarely use my name, which is plastered all over my blog, and they just get ignored. So I think if you're going to approach someone, make sure you know who they are, make sure you know what they write about, and if you can actually get to know the blog owner because that can help you um, get at least get an audience in their um, inbox a bit more easily. And when you write a post, write it for that blog. Some people I know, I know just go, I've written a post and I'm just shopping it around all these blogs. And it's like, well, no, you're getting invited to take a, a seat next to the blog owner 
and and share their audience, you have to treat that with a bit of respect. Yeah, totally. I mean, I don't guest blog as as, as much as I used to. I do try and do it uh, every now and again because obviously, as, as we've discussed, it's great for getting new eyeballs. It's it's backlinks to your website, which can improve your ranking. And see, that's kind of where my my heart lives or whatever the expression is, where, what I'm all about, I guess, um, SEO. Um, but again, you know, my attitude is that you should put your best content on other people's sites. Yes. This is like, it's like wearing your best clothes when you go and visit someone. Do you know what I mean? Like on your own site, you can let it hang out. Maybe you can wear your pajamas now and again because your audience knows you a little bit better. But on a new site where maybe, I don't know, potentially thousands of new eyeballs are seeing you, you really want to show your best writing. So you put even, even more effort in. So it's not something I can do very often. And, you know, people will often say to me, oh, you know, here's, here's an opportunity to write a free post on our site and then you know it's like well is that really an opportunity for me or an opportunity for you you know like really thanks you know you get some free content that I've spent ages writing and I get a backlink and you've only got 10 followers so you know you have to really weigh these up now if you're starting out I think you kind of can be a bit more just take whatever you get offered but as time goes on you do have to be picky because it's hard work writing a blog post think about what you would charge a client for a blog post and you're essentially giving that money away every time you write a guest blog so don't do that without thinking it through carefully um do you get many spammy guest post requests not as many as i would i would hope i would not no i don't i, I should probably get more i'm a little bit offended um <laughs> Uh, no, I don't get that many. Um, um, because I, I mean, there's nowhere on any of my sites that it mentions that I accept them. Um, so maybe that's a reason, you know, often a lot of the spammy companies will just do searches for the, for, for the phrase guest post or guest blog with uh, the keyword. And that's how they find you. So the fact that there's no mention of that really on my site might be partly to do with that. One of the big, oh, the big question we always get asked, Kate, we can wrap up with this one, is how should I get my blogs out to the world? Because, of course, you don't just write a blog on your website and leave it there waiting to be discovered. You have got the biggest part of sharing your blogs or getting them out is promoting them. You absolutely have to promote your content. But I think blogs, the reason blogs are so awesome are they, is they're the foundation of your content marketing. So you write one blog and then you get to share it across all your social media pages. Um, you can do customized little intros for each platform because each audience on each social media platform is a little bit different. You can do things like share different excerpts each time you share the post. I do that sometimes to make it seem fresh and interesting. Um, but I think that's that's the biggest part of blogging that people sometimes forget. Yes, you've got to write it, but then you've got to promote it. So quick question for you, Kate, how many times would you share a blog post once you write it? Oh, I don't think I could put a number on it. I think you could, I, I, I keep sharing it to death. So I use something called um, Retweet Old Post, which is a plugin on WordPress. So it just automatically goes through my posts and randomly tweets them three or four times a day. I also schedule, you know, 60 or so posts every month on, on Hootsuite. Um, 
randomly reshare them on, on Facebook. That's a bit more infrequent. I email them to my base. I take chunks out like you suggested and share them as, as, as individual, actually whole paragraphs and share them as individual tips. Um, you name it, I reshare it. And I, you know, I very much agree with you. Probably let's, let's do a little equation here. If I spend two hours writing a post, I'll spend eight hours sharing it. Um, it's probably not quite as extreme as that, but as I said earlier, it can take me an entire day to produce a post. I want to get serious bang for my buck. I'm actually presenting on this soon about blogging less but promoting more you know so rather than producing piece of content after piece of content making the most of the content that you have and I, and I think you know that would be a great episode for us to do later down the track talking about not just sharing your content but repurposing it. It's on the list, but yeah, it's, it's um, definitely I would share, try and share each new blog post um, because I blog fortnightly. I share and try and share it at least like five times over the fortnight, um, say on Facebook um, and then more often on Twitter because you have to remember that people are tuning into these social media platforms. They might not have seen your first share, so you don't just write it and share it once. Keep promoting it, but try and mix up the bits of information that you're you're including with the post to make it more interesting for people who might have actually read it. Well, I think we've cracked blogging wide open, Kate. I think we've done it. I think there's more we could talk about, but we could talk about it all day. So we might do a few more episodes on this at some point. Let's end the show with a shout out to one of our listeners, as we always do, and I've chosen Melissa East. She says, what a fantastic collaboration between two talented and successful copywriters. This is perfect for new and established copywriters, all those insider tips that we don't know about unless someone tells us. Can't wait to hear more. Cheers, Melissa. Thanks, Melissa. And thanks to you for listening. If you like the show, don't forget to leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to the podcast. Your review helps others find us, but it's more than that. We'll give you a shout out on the show. You can also head to hotcopypodcast.com and leave any comments on the blog post for this episode. Thanks very much, Kate. Thank you. Until next time, happy writing. So you're still listening? Great. Because I wanted to tell you about my new podcast, The Recipe for SEO Success Show. Sadly, this one's just me, Kate Toon, but it is packed full of useful, practical, doable SEO tips and advice. You can find it in the iTunes store, on Stitcher and SoundCloud. Just search for The Recipe for SEO Success Show. No, I've got MBN now. <laughs> She'll be right. <laughs> got superpowers, isn't it? <laughs>